This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Cheryl, we're doing our show again, as we've told people week after week. Yeah, we're here. We're queer. We're get used to it. Get used to it. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> what do we cover in this podcast? We cover uh... a lot of Julia Roberts. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of Julia Roberts talk it's for Julia no reason. Julia Roberts heavy. It is, and it's honestly, it's Julia Roberts that goes nowhere with the just the. Pinch of Renee Zellweger. 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 No way to know. There's no possible way to know. By the way, here's one quick thing about Renee Zellweger that I didn't get in while you were telling your Renee Zellweger story. Mm -hmm. And not that this is a good story. It doesn't have a beginning, a middle, or Of course course not. I'm sure it has a beginning. I went to a yoga yoga class once, and Renee was in my yoga class. Mm. Which ties nicely to mine, which means she's easy to stumble upon. Oh, don't tell. Listen, you guys listen to the whole podcast. <gasps> oh. Uh-oh. There's what? a surprise in this podcast. <laughs> we don't know when or where. <laughs> there sure is. Okay. Are we ready? Uh, ladies and germs, welcome to Lucy and... No, ladies and germs, <laughs> not germs. How are you still getting this... <laughs> Wrong. I'm very distracted. <laughs> after after that surprise, I'm very distracted. Uh, ladies and jerks, yeah. welcome to Lucy and Desi. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling. I am the first ever podcast, and Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. Hey, Tig. Hey. How's it going? Good. I'm in New York. Today, uh, I'm flying home. I've finished my concentrated portion of my tour and uh, I've been on the road since early January, and I've come home a couple of times, but that's it. That was it. And now you're just mm-hmm. doing some pops. 
just pop in, pop out. Pop but but let me just tell the listeners because they're probably mm. thinking that you sound um, abnormal. Oh. <laughs> because your microphone went out, so we're having to to record it on your phone. So my voice is going to sound great, and yours sounds like uh, medium. Rude, rude, rude. <laughs> How are you, Cheryl? Uh, I'm good, except I couldn't figure out how to work my printer. Mm. It said that my magenta ink was out, which I don't believe because I never use magenta. And then I tried to change it, and it's like, yeah, it's still not working. So I'm like, I don't know what this printer wants me to do. Mm. It's not a good story. I mean, I don't know why I'm leading with it. It's really not. (laughs) It needs a lot of punching up. It does need some punching up. It does. Mm-hmm. Well, shall we just get right to our... I, I'm yeah. excited to talk about this. Me too. Okay. So today, we are talking about Lucy and Desi. It's mm-hmm. a 2022 documentary directed by Amy Poehler. It depicts the story of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's groundbreaking partnership, both on screen with the creation of I Love Lucy and off screen with their marriage and business ventures. The film premiered on Amazon Prime, where it's available to watch now. Did you see the um, Nicole Kidman movie? No. Did you? Oh, I, I, yeah, you? I watched that. How was yeah. that? I don't know if I can, uh, I don't know if I can, I don't want to. Buy her? Yeah. Listen, Lucille Ball was one of the funniest human mm-hmm. beings that was ever on screen. Mm-hmm. And not that Nicole Kidman isn't a riot, But I think it's just hard to imagine that she could capture the -hmm. spirit. Did she capture Mm -hmm. the spirit of Lucille Ball? I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but I was definitely aware that Nicole Kidman was playing Lucille Ball, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like when Stephanie and I went and watched, what is that movie about? Oh, Judy. Oh, yeah. Judy, yeah. That was really good. Judy Garland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Yeah, uh, what is her name? Thomas? She kind of embodied. Really, yeah. yeah. I mean, where you were like, whoa, that's Judy, if I've ever known Judy. Zellweger? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not I mean, who I was thinking of. <laughs> well, that's who it was. <laughs> I remember one time when I first moved to Los Angeles, and this is the most important part of this podcast episode. Yes. But um, one time when I first moved to town... Soon after, I was at a breakfast place on 3rd Street mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, and um, and it was a very small place to get breakfast, mm-hmm. and Renee was there. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, there's oh my God, Renee. I mean, like, she was in this, like, tiny little breakfast cafe. And then guess what? what? Guess what? You didn't go up to her, please. No. Okay, what happened? Julie Roberts walked in. Oh. And then she sat at another table. And it was just like every you could tell everybody in the cafe didn't know who to look at. <laughs> it was it, it was like, you know, at first you're like, oh wow, there's Renee Zellweger. And then it's like, oh my God. <laughs> um Julie oh Roberts God. is. I don't know what in. to do. I don't know what to yeah, do. I don't know who to look at. Did anybody bother them or they were no, like No, okay. everybody just kept eating breakfast. But Act it was like such a not- small place to have breakfast and they weren't even talking to each other (laughs) they weren't even doing the hey i'm famous right you're famous i'm famous yeah um did i tell you my julia roberts story no but please i mean although i I, well now i feel like i'm blowing the punchline well i don't doubt that you are because you do oftentimes in one of my old houses i woke up and and there was this little 
ugly dog on my doorstep. And was it Julia Roberts? Shh, don't. Don't want to spill the beans. Wait, why would you describe Julia Roberts as an old, ugly dog? Oh, no, it was a dog. It was a dog. A dog that didn't. You just spilled the beans twice, by the way. I know. I hope Thomas edits this in a way. I always hope that Thomas will edit our podcast, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he never does. Yeah. But um, so there was this little scruffy dog, and she needed water and food, and I, I let you know, let her follow me around the house, and um, and at some point, uh, Bobby says, "You know, you can't just keep that dog. That's not your dog." I mm-hmm. said, well, what am I supposed to do? It, sh- it showed up. She's following me around. I can't. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have a tag or anything. And he's like, well, put a picture of her on, like, the next door app or something. It's got to mm-hmm. belong to somebody. Mm-hmm. So I put a picture on. I said, hey, you know, is this your dog? Call me. And I get a phone call. And the phone call's like, hi, uh, this is Julia. Uh, that's my dog. Can I come pick her up? And I called her back and I was like, yes, Julia, I'm on my way to work, but somebody will be here. You can pick up your dog. And it's not a good story now because you know the ending. Mm. It was Julia Roberts' dog. (laughs) That's the whole story. (laughs) Okay, we have to work on your (laughs) storytelling. That's where I'm saying I wish we could start this over. And I wish I just started out with guess whose dog I found once. Well, have I told you my Julia Roberts story? If you have, I don't remember it, so go right ahead. If you remember, I just okay. told you one. Oh, that you saw her at a cafe? That's not a very good story. I mean, I mine know, is that's better. why I have another one. That's okay, why I have okay. another one. Okay. I used to live on her street in Venice. Oh, God. That's the whole story. The end. We have the worst Julia Roberts stories. On These our Lucille Ball podcast we haven't even episode. Got, okay, yes. Yes, we're talking about Lucille Ball. Let's mm. pivot. Yes. Did you learn stuff watching this? Because I thought I sort of thought I knew everything about Lucille Ball, but I, I guess I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I certainly learned some things, but I, uh, you know, I was just raised in a big I Love Lucy yeah. household, yeah. and I was a fan for years. I mean, I still am. But, you know, it was similar to watching the Joan Rivers documentary for me yeah. where I'm like, yeah, I know most of this. But yeah. I thought it was really well done. Like, So I, well done. Amy Poehler did such a great job on this, I mm-hmm. thought. I was just so – I was so um, – I don't know. I was so caught up in it all. I loved every second of it. Yeah, it moved so nicely. You and didn't there fall was asleep? Never, I did not fall asleep. There was never a sleeping moment. There was never a lull. It Never was a lull. It, it it was so it was beautiful. Yeah. And 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 all the footage was beautiful and and it was interesting because Lucy and Desi's daughter mm. uh Lucy Arnez Luckenbill. I don't know why that's a funny name to me. Cuz I'm immature, Luckenbill. Mm-hmm. It's not even mm-hmm. a it doesn't even sound dirty but Nope. She not at all. She no. has dozens of audio tapes. From her parents. So Mm -hmm. she's in the film and she's, you know, playing these tapes. And that was interesting. I still think it's pretty fascinating that Lucille Ball named her daughter Lucy. And then they named their son Desi. (laughs) Did you not pick up on that? I guess I didn't. Well, maybe I didn't think about it as much because guys do it all the time. Mm -hmm. But why didn't why didn't that like stick more for women? I'm named after my mother. Matilda. Is that your real name? 
Well, it's pronounced completely wrong. But <laughs> oh. um, so How you can you say, say Fred or whatever you want to say. It's Matil. Oh, Matil. Yeah, Matil. Is it French? It is. My mother was Matil, but mm-hmm. she went by Susie. That doesn't make sense. My grand. Oh, okay. Well, Tig makes a lot of sense for <laughs> Matil. And then my grandmother was Matil, and she went by Teal. Oh yeah, Teal makes sense. Well, you didn't want to go by Teal. No, nah, I guess I guess I will. <laughs> but did you pick out the name Tig? Please or did welcome somebody... <laughs> Teal Notaro. Teal. My grandmother would not be thrilled if I started going by Teal Notaro because she was not a fan of my father. Oh. My mother's mother was not a fan of my father. So. Wow. But the point is, who decided to start calling you Tig? My brother. He couldn't say Matil when he was little. And he could only say Tig. I. Cheryl. It said this also. You don't like my name? You don't like my name? No, I love it. It's just a. Did you just say Lyle love it? Because he used to be married (laughs) to Julia Roberts. (gasps) (laughs) Can I tell you? I mean, I'm sure I've told you this before Mm -hmm. that Lyle love it went sailing with with me once yeah but yeah. we can and tell the story again it's not a good story he just wears cowboy boots on the sailboat which was cute okay but i've never seen that before or since and you never will again because <laughs> let's be honest do you think you'll go sailing with lyle lovett again i don't think I, i've never I seen lyle lovett since yeah but yes what this is a very julia roberts heavy podcast so far hey julia hey <laughs> hey julia hey we know you're listening and Amy Landecker, this is a little trivia. Oh, I do love Amy Landecker, yes. I know, we've already talked about that before on this podcast. They don't care. Amy Landecker is Julia Roberts' voice double. Is that true? It is. It's true. And what do you mean by voice double? She goes in... I think she doesn't do her own voiceover ADR on a film. And so Amy Landecker goes in and does it. And that... then Amy worked with Julia on a movie in the past couple of years. And she told me that she told Julia that, trying to like... Get in, you know, you know and like, hey! Just to connect with her a little bit. Isn't that funny? Yeah, and yeah. what happened? And she said, you know, she was just mildly interested and also didn't know that that even existed (laughs) (laughs) i like that julia's like no you don't i need another cappuccino i've never heard of that but oh no i have heard of that well maybe amy landecker's lying that's the other that would be so weird that's such a Mm -hmm. weird thing to lie about (laughs) but also classic amy classic amy i heard that about um woody harrelson and his brother it's not a great story. Okay. No, uh, no, no, no. We're not known for our storytelling. <laughs> so let's see a ball. What are we known for? We're not. We're not known. We're no. not known. Uh, no. Lucille Ball. She was born and raised in Jamestown, New York. Mm-hmm. She was raised by her grandfather, Frederick Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was very kind, and Dee Dee Ball, Lucille's mom, was very authoritative. Mm-hmm. Lucy worked at an amusement park, and then sadly, there was an accident involving a rifle that happened on Frederick's property, uh-huh. and it led to legal trouble and ruined Frederick financially. That was sad. Yeah. So Lucille moved to New York City in 1928 at the age of 15. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, she got a job as a showgirl and said she was a dud and kept getting fired. 
I mean, that's even crazier to me to move somewhere and get a job as a showgirl. I love the idea of being a showgirl. That's like a dream come true. Okay, well, that's where you and I Dipper. are very different people. Okay. What don't you like about the idea of being a showgirl? Well, what makes sense about me becoming a showgirl? Picture me <laughs> well. packing up my bags and moving from <laughs> Mississippi or Texas or wherever I was. Yeah. And showing up on the train, probably, because it's, yeah. whatever, 1901, like in hopes of becoming a showgirl. Just being like, give me the headgear, I'll show you what I got. Yeah. You'd want to be a showgirl? Oh, it would be so fun. That is so weird. It's like, how can you and I be friends and, and get so each other and connect? Different. And then you want to be a showgirl, and I do not want to be a showgirl. I don't understand why you don't want to, though. It's just, it's the... It's... What if I told you, I said, hey, hey, Cheryl, will you come to my showgirl um, show? Yeah. Girl. Girl. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, hey showgirl. Hey. <laughs> you mean to just go watch you be a showgirl? Well, yeah. What if... I would be like, yeah, I'm coming. I want to see that show. What am I wearing? You are wearing feathers. Tap shoes. They don't tap. They don't? Not usually. Do showgirls tap? I don't know. You kick your you know, leg you, really high no, up in the air and that, you have a oh, feather on your head? Oh, you could be a rockets. Okay. The rockets, they don't tap, but they do kick. Mm-hmm. But a showgirl, you know, they have the giant head gear, mm-hmm. and then they walk slowly like around the stage. Like braces for braces. What are you, what are you? No, headgear? They don't have I like that they're all wearing headgear from the night before. <laughs> like they have giant feather hats. Mm. You know, that's strapped to their head, and they all kind of look the same, and then they make different shapes on the stage, and sometimes with their fans, Uh you know, and they'll have the fans in the middle, and then they'll take them out, and fans in the middle. But why would anyone want to do that? I don't understand. Mm, The glamour, the glitz. To, like, make different shapes (laughs) with feathers? I can't imagine packing up my life and moving to the big city to go make shapes with feathers. Well, I think it would be amazing. And that is exactly what Lucille did. And uh, she changed her name to Diane Belmont. Why not? It's so catchy. We have to take a break. Oh, for heaven's sake. We have to take a break and we'll get back to this Lucille Ball. And we'll discuss more Julia Roberts on the... I Love Lucy documentary. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl True Story. Story. If you're joining us for the first time, our sincerest apologies. <laughs> like they, you always start off with a really nice apology to first time listeners. No, listen, we're going to get to it today. I know, but I just want to make sure I apologize because yeah. I would imagine, you know, if you're this disappointed. is your first time, you're disappointed. But this is how the show goes. Yeah. Now, what yeah. were you going to say, Cheryl? Uh, About Julia Roberts? <laughs> Uh, I was, no, I was talking about Lucille Ball. She changed her mm. name to Diane Belmont, and uh, she became a model. What do you mean, Lucille Ball? I got a name for you. <laughs> Diane Belmont. It is weird. Why is that better than Lucille Ball? It's and then why not. did she change it back? I love Diane Belmont. <laughs> <laughs> and she told people she was from Montana and got the nickname Two Gun. Uh-huh. Which also, I don't understand. What does that mean? Her it breasts? sounds like a Native American uh, name. I will name you Two-Gun. I told you about that one chief that I knew of in Cherokee, North Carolina, named no, Chief what? Big Meat. Was that really his name, or is that somebody who tried to pick you up at a bar? No, that was really um, Chief Big Meat and his wife, Peggy Big Meat. <laughs> Come on. I am not kidding you. I am not kidding you. My ex is oh, from no. Cherokee, and uh, yeah, she told me about Chief Big Meat and his wife, Peggy Big Meat. I'm sure you didn't ask him how he got his his name. Well, I'm sure his family probably, they were probably great hunters. Okay. You know? Yeah, let, let's say that. So she got cast without an audition for a film called Roman Diane Belmont. <laughs> Roman scandal and she went to California mm-hmm. and she loved it mm. she loved California she wanted to see her name in lights Diane Belmont <laughs> and I apologize to anyone named Diane Belmont but I just right you know after you know Lucille, Lucille Ball yeah you can't get excited about Diane Belmont this is my question to you after watching that documentary mm-hmm did, was she always a redhead or did it seem like she was blonde? Mm. I, I, um, so I wasn't I paying <laughs> attention, nor do I care. I, I'm realizing. <laughs> I realize in this moment, I don't care. I had a grandmother that had red hair and uh, she reminded my me mother, of. My mother had has red hair. My grandmother was like a mix between Lucille, or I'm sorry, Diane Belmont and. Um, Tootsie. <laughs> Tootsie. That's a good like movie. the character of T- Dorothy. T- Dorothy. Yeah. Well, I, I said good day. I said good day. <laughs> I mean, is that not a great movie? It's the best movie. It, it is, is so good. Okay, so listen. Get mm-hmm. back to Lucille. So right. Lucille, so she's now in California. She's a, yeah. a redhead. Yeah. A- and she's now Lucille Ball again. And, you know, I wonder, does it go back to Lucille Ball? You know how in comedy people will oftentimes be like, yeah, I dyed my hair red just to mix for, it up. for a comedy 
Uh-huh. You know, oh, I'm doing I a comedy, know. so I'm dyeing my hair red. Yeah. I'm, I'm the funny person, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with red hair. Kind of want to stand Is out. it because of her? Oh. Because I'm never like, oh, my gosh, I didn't enjoy your delivery. Because your hair was too normal. Yeah. I mean, not that red hair isn't normal. That's a, all, Strike yeah. it. Strike it from yeah. the record. It's going to stay. But... <laughs> But I'm never sold on somebody's comedic abilities because of their hair, the color, color of their hair, or pigtails. Well, pigtails, pigtails, uh, my pigtails. <laughs> pigtails do it every time. What if am a I saying? Comedian say? came on stage with pigtails. You'd be like, "This lady's <laughs> okay. gonna be hilarious." <laughs> Makes me want to grow my hair out. But I mean, look at Phyllis Stiller. She always had that crazy hair. Yes, but also. What might be better than pigtails? Uh, Pigtail. Just one side of the head. Oh, a side pony? No, just one side is hanging down and then <laughs> and the, the other side. High. It's up high? <laughs> yeah, just pigtail. By the way, I mm-hmm. did have that hairdo in the 80s. A high side pony. Why? Uh, because um, I was very stylish. Mm. You know what they called me in middle school? It wasn't a compliment. Diane Belmont? <laughs> <laughs> um, they called me Princess Leia because I had curled the sides of my hair really super mm-hmm. tight. Yeah. And for some reason, somebody thought that reminded them of Princess Leia and then it stuck. And it wasn't a compliment. I'm telling you. It was like. But Carrie Fisher, there's nobody cooler. I know. I know. And there's nobody cooler than Princess Leia. I know. But you should have seen me in seventh grade. Except, except Job of the Hut, of course. Job of the Hut. Oh, you didn't follow the Mm-mm. Star Wars? No, I didn't even see Star franchise. Wars. Mm-mm. I mean, it took a long time for me to. You see. didn't see Star? Well, I finally saw it, but I was like, didn't want to. Oh my gosh, Stephanie's never seen it. Yeah, I get it. It's like it's a you know. That is so rude. <laughs> so Lucille Ball, mm-hmm. she's now working, and what I loved learning about Lucy is that she. Loved all aspects of this business. And she Mm. loved to work. And she felt like she wanted to do every project and all the B movies because she felt like it was good practice, which I love because I have a lot of that in me. Like, I I like to do everything. I know you do, girl. I wanted to do Dancing with the Stars and... Why didn't you? I don't know. It wasn't the right time and it... Did you get asked? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Braggadocious alert! <laughs> um, but I like to do everything, you know. But some people are like, Cheryl, just focus on acting and relax. You know, I would actually like to do Dancing with the Stars. You do? Now that we're talking about it, yeah. <gasps> Let's do a season together. Okay, what if we were partners... Well, then neither one of us would know what we were doing is a problem. That's the fun part. And I'll wear <laughs> oh I'll wear a tux. And I'll wear feathers. You'll wear your stupid little dance my, costume. I will wear my uh, yeah, showgirls. Yeah, yeah. And then oh uh, and we will just here's the thing. Yes. We will just watch YouTube videos and then do Pick it up our, our best. <laughs> yeah. We won't even have to practice. We'll watch it oh and then gosh. when we hear the That's music. That's another episode of our streaming show. Is, is streaming us learning a dance 
<laughs> together. This and then co- just a little complicated. Watching it and then just do it, committing. <laughs> you really have to commit to it. Okay, so we watch and we dance uh, in real time. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then Thomas and Gabby will judge it. <laughs> and so, so far we have you're cutting my hair. Yes, which is then yes. we have our sex show, live live sex show. And then what is the oh the other one is wrestling or we wrestle each other wrestling. And then the other one is dancing. Thomas, are you taking note of all of our we streaming themes? Of, we have a lot to do. <laughs> um, okay, I'm circling back to Desi Arnaz. Okay, seems like he was sort of doing B movies too, mm-hmm. but you know, probably like uh, the handsome guy in it. He was very handsome. He was very handsome. He was Calm from. Down. Cuba, mm-hmm. and he immigrated to Miami in 1934. See, I thought he was from Cuba. Uh-uh. That's... What? Did you just try to make a joke? <laughs> Cuba? Yeah. Is that, <laughs> that's you crossing the finish line. <laughs> Wait, now it's turned into Beethoven. <laughs> He, Desi had a job cleaning canary cages. So what happened was Desi Arnaz lived in Cuba. Mm -hmm. This is how I think it happened. And tell me if you got it differently. Okay. He was from a well-to-do family in Cuba. And then the government was overthrown. And his father was associated with the government somehow. And they were run out of Cuba because... Anybody that was associated with the government was put in jail. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go to Miami. And he went to Miami with nothing. Mm-hmm. And so he started cleaning canary cages and then was offered money to join a band. And he joined this band and he learned a lot about rumba. Is that what you got from that? Yeah. I just wonder... How long do you think he went back and forth about cleaning canary cages and joining a band? <laughs> Especially because the band paid a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and look. it was his passion. <laughs> do I stick with canary cage cages cleaning? Or, or do the rumba. The handsome mm-hmm. Cuban man doing the rumba. Yeah. Cuban. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at some point he moved to California and started acting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lucille, um, she loved being part of the studio system. And she was part of the entourage at RKO Radio Pictures surrounding Ginger Rogers. And what's interesting about this documentary is that Carol Burnett is on talking yeah. about Lucille Ball, which is pretty amazing, and Bette Midler. And it's so crazy to, and, you know, I love Carol Burnett, but I just assume she's, I mean, she's she's not young. I don't think she's with us anymore. What? Is she? Wait, Thomas. Yeah, she's oh, with us. so sorry. <laughs> oh, she's 88. Oh, hey, Carol, yeah. hey, sorry. Is she, uh... So sorry. I hope that you said it out. Please, Thomas. <laughs> Oh, please, no, Thomas. Please. No, <laughs> no, okay. no. So Uh-oh. she is still with us. Uh, in fact, she's listening now. Uh, hey, Carol. Hey, Carol hey. hey, 
But she is not a young person, all right? Okay. And it's crazy because it's weird to hear that she's younger than Lucille Ball. You know, when somebody's... Right, when she was... Old, yeah. You know? Yeah. By the way... Yes? This always is a question I have. Why was Carol Burnett's hair red, too? No. Nope. That's... Wasn't it? Go ahead. No, just... When... In life, is someone considered old? Because whenever mm. I tell people that Stephanie's father lives with us, and they're yeah. like, oh, is it is he sickly? And I'm like, no. I mean, he's not like, you know, going to run a marathon. But, and they're like, oh, how old is he? And I'm like, he's he's almost 70. And they're like, oh, he's young. And I'm always <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then... And then Carol Burnett is 88. Right. And nobody would be like, well, she's young. She's young. She's so well, somewhere between 70, 70 and 88, 88. I think you maybe. are old. When is that? It must be like 79. So, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm truly, I'm... Uh, if our listeners could please write in and tell well, me. I think it's all when relative. When are you officially old? I, I mean, know if it's you relative. ask my daughter, she'd be like, yeah, when you're 30. Like, oh my God, I can't. Oh, my gosh. I catch Stephanie all the time talking about, like, you know, oh, my God. And these, like, older people, they were early 50s or what? And I'm like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Look over here. Oh, no. All right. We have to take a break. Okay. And uh, we will be back. back. with Lucy and Desi. We're not kidding this time. That's right. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Okay, so this was interesting. It seems to me from watching that documentary that Desi Arnaz created the conga line. Is that what you got from this documentary? I I missed that part. <laughs> but sure, think... let's put it in as fact. Okay, also, okay. Carol Burnett. Shh, no, st- forget okay. I ever said that. I honestly hope that doesn't stay in. I think she's no longer with us. Oh, please, please. Okay, so Desi and Lucy met at a studio (laughs) while they were both working on different movies. Lucy was in makeup with a a black eye. Wait a minute. And to go back to Carol Mm -hmm. Burnett not being with us any longer, this is a brand new new documentary. So that would mean that she died likely in the past year or two. And you don't think it'd be much bigger news? I didn't hear about it. I don't know. Oh, Carol, listen, if you're listening. Hey, Carol. Hey, Carol. Hey, you are an inspiration and I could not love a human being more. 
And you're still so young. You're still so young. Desi and Lucy met at the studio. He invited her out to do the rumba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she fell in love That's with what her. we need to learn is the, the rumba. rumba. Yeah. Isn't it like one, two, three, cha-cha-cha? Or that's the cha-cha? I don't know. You know what kind of dancing I have zero interest in? The tango? No, the kind of dancing. Two and step. it's also No. I I'm good ball with two room, step. Ballroom, ballroom. Let me just dance okay. let me just tell you. I am not even remotely interested yeah. in the kind of dancing yeah. where man pulls you through his legs and oh, you have a that. poodle skirt on. Oh, I love that. And it's the music that's like vroom, vroom. Oh, Jenny. You know that kind <laughs> of music where it's like poodle skirt music where it's like the dad didn't <laughs> like the the oh, greaser right. that, you know. Right. A sweet 16. Yeah, all that kind of right. stuff. It's I'm like, like oh, no, I'm uh-uh. I'm sneaking out of the house, daddy. I'm sneaking. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go dance, daddy. Johnny, what is Johnny? Johnny. Oh, Johnny. All the boyfriends are Johnny back then. That's true. You Johnny. Know? No, I love that. Yeah, I know how to do that dance. You go to the side, to the side, up and no, through yeah, the no, legs. No, thank oh. you. No. Well, I guess that's one we won't be doing, but perhaps the tango, you and I. The um, the rumba. We can do the Congo line. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we, can, we can do the... Okay, listen, they fell in love. They got married six months later. That's quick. It was quick, and the relationship defied the norms at the time because mm-hmm. she was marrying a darker-skinned man. And he was marrying a redhead. <laughs> But family was very important to both of them, and they had their parents come out and live with them. And Lucille was doing movies, and then she started a career in radio doing comedy Mm -hmm. called My Favorite Husband. Mm. And Jeff Oppenheimer took the job as head writer, although he had been warned that Lucy was difficult to work with. Hmm. But how did she have a, a reputation of difficult to work with? Well, you hear her stern voice. Yeah, you she know? was just focused and knew what she wanted. Well, imagine back in those days, a right. woman having a stern voice like that right. and knowing what she wanted. And I'm sure everybody was spooked and like, oh, yeah, this this lady, this I mean, broad. Look, I have worked with some broads that are difficult to work with. Okay. <laughs> ah. Um, so same. Do you think anybody said that about you, that you're difficult to work with? Mm, I'm going to say no. Do you think anybody said that about you? Well, I know that there are a couple <laughs> of people out there that hate my guts. <laughs> From working with you or just because of who you are? <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter? It does because if it's if it's from working with you, then it's like they don't like the way they don't like your process. Well, I think it's more that I didn't put up with their hogwash. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I gave out a big no thank you vibe. Uh huh. To their hogwash. There's a lot of hogwash. There's so much hogwash, but yeah, I'm I'm trying to picture somebody saying that. Yeah. <sighs> oh, Cheryl Hines is so difficult. <laughs> I can't stand to be around her on set. But when I do find myself in the middle of a hog washer, yeah. I'm usually like, "Good yeah, boy, I'm out." You know. Yeah, but you can't but you can't get out. No, but I I You sort of check out and you're like, "Okay." Yeah, I'm 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 I you, you know don't, what? You're, you don't indulge. No, thank you. No, I'm done. No, thank you. I'm done 
meanie weenie. Oh. Chicken meanie weenie. <laughs> chicken teeny. <laughs> I am done with you, meanie weenie, chicken teeny. I have not heard that saying in a while. I am out. Meanie weenie chicken teeny. Chicken teeny. Do not call me. <laughs> Do not call me again. Oh my God. Um Okay, listen, let's tell everybody mm-hmm. what happened. CBS wanted to adapt My Favorite Husband as a TV show. But yeah. Lucy wanted Desi to be cast as her husband. Yeah. Because they had been married, but he was always on the road. And mm-hmm. clearly these two ha- were very independent people, but they wanted to be together. But he wanted to work. And so yeah. she said, I will do it only if, if Desi can be my husband. And first they weren't excited about it. And then they decided... Uh, okay, I guess we'll do it. Mm-hmm. They shot a pilot. Mm-hmm. At first, they were, wanted them both to play movie stars, and then Desi changed it so his character wanted to get out of show business while Lucy wanted to get into show business, which was so smart. Mm-hmm. He was a very smart guy, really mm-hmm. savvy, really yeah. understood comedy. They were a magical couple, right? Because... They both really understood comedy in different ways. And And can I just say... Yeah, it's a podcast. Say whatever you want. Thank you. I mean, (laughs) since when are you that open? You usually have so many rules. (laughs) I related so much because I felt so similarly about my relationship with Stephanie. Oh, that's sweet. She and I... We worked together so much, producing, acting, writing, creating. We just directed a movie together. And um, I think when in the beginning of this episode, when you were asking, did I learn anything? Yeah. I know you meant about Lucy. Yeah. Um, oh. Or Desi. Yeah. Probably. I don't know what you meant. Well, I never what know I what meant. you're talking I mean, about. I didn't think you were going to learn about the conga line, but go ahead. But I felt like that's more so where I was learning was from the perspective of somebody who is married to their creative partner. Mm. Which I'm sure is exciting and challenging. Well, you guys seem to have it. I don't want to jinx it. But by the Mm. way, I don't have that much power. Or I'm not making Mm. it happen just because I said it out loud. No, I don't think you're that (laughs) powerful. But um, no, there's definitely challenges in, in any... Work relationship. Yeah, or uh, all of it. You know, in marriage and, you know, raising kids, working together, all of it. But I would say we're in a really good groove. It's just, you know, that more so I was looking at it like, oh, I want to learn from this. And what did they do wrong or what did they do right? Or Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty amazing when two people who are so close can work together creatively and they both bring Mm -hmm. something different yeah i'm just gonna say this one thing has nothing to do with anything except like saying something. go ahead it's a podcast (laughs) say whatever you want (laughs) well i was watching this i was watching this show called something like i was almost murdered but wasn't that's not the title but it was similar that is so catchy (laughs) and why wouldn't i talking about it but this woman she she thought that this guy was leaving her for dead, which he was. And mm. she said, God, please give me the skill to come back and haunt him when I die. I was like, wow, that's a a powerful last moment 
That's what she wants is when she dies to haunt? Well, at the moment, because she was like, if he's leaving me like this, then I am going to come back and haunt him for the rest of his life. So so her big revenge is she's going to like rattle some chains in this room? Yes. Yes. Who cares? He would. If that was the worst punishment is some chains are getting (laughs) rattled. But by the way, that's not how. If somebody was haunting you, they're not just rattling chains. What are they doing? What can they Uh, possibly do? Honk a horn? (laughs) They can't do anything. They make books fly off a shelf. Okay, I'll go put them back on. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to have to think about what's the worst thing that could happen if somebody haunts you. My assistant is terrified of ghosts. And we checked in to this bed and breakfast on tour. Yes. And he was like, oh, my gosh. This place is for sure haunted. And he was terrified. He was up all night. And I was like, I told Stephanie, I said, he is so scared. And I truly, if for sure, ghosts are real. Yeah. And somebody told me that I was surrounded by hundreds (laughs) of ghosts while I was sleeping. Yeah. I wouldn't care. Because you've never heard of a ghost, like, murdering someone. No, they rattle chains (laughs) if they are real. And you know what? Night, they night. breeze through the window yeah. and they're like, hey, over here. Yeah. And then they disappear. I don't get the terror The there. terror of a ghost mm-hmm. or spiders. Mm-hmm. You're not scared of spiders? I can outrun a spider. Brackadocious alert! <laughs> Brackadocious alert! I mean, I, don't, I know people are terrified, but it's like, I don't know. It's so tiny. You're like a hundred thousand times bigger than a spider. Are you calling me fat? (laughs) Okay, listen. Desi was a great producer on the show. Mm -hmm. It was his idea to shoot the show on film in front Mm -hmm. of a live audience, Mm -hmm. uh, which was unheard of at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, he hired a great team. And apparently he was a great collaborator, which I think is really important in this business. Oh, yeah. To listen to other people who were experts in their field and say, oh, yeah, you know how to shoot on film. Well, let's get you. I love collaborating. I love people's – I don't mean just like any bozo in the room giving me an idea. But when when you respect someone's opinion and you want to get their uh, thoughts on it and bring someone in. Yeah, it elevates – yeah. A lot of times people think collaborating means to have someone there and then not actually collaborate with them. You know what I mean? They just want to say it? I think that they might try and incorporate people, but just because you've incorporated the person and told them no doesn't mean you collaborated. That's true. You have to open your mind and and just, you know, consider Listen, options yeah. and, yeah, and collaborate. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was great at it. And he was very driven. He worked really hard. You know, he was in it. He was producing it. He – and Luce, Lucille – also was very driven and she loved to rehearse she Mm -hmm. they never said she was a perfectionist but it's but i mean come on yeah but she i mean because they were (laughs) shoot they were shooting she's real (laughs) willy-nilly they only did one take yeah 
which is crazy to think about because all the times that I've watched I Love Lucy, I don't ever remember anybody going up on a line or doing something crazy or mm-hmm. so they were uh, amazing yeah and vivian vance played the role of ethel this is my question how old was vivian vance how old was when she? they were yeah because she that couple seemed nine thousand years old and i have a sneaking suspicion i might be their age right now <laughs> well bill frawley who played fred mertz he was uh-huh. 20 years older than Vivian. Okay, I think I might be his age now. <laughs> Vivian was only two years older than Lucille. That's so funny because in my mind she was like... Yeah, she was like raised with Yoda. <laughs> but A lot so, of Star Wars. She was in her 40s. Oh, yeah, I'm older than her. She was in her, her 40s. You're, I'm older. Yeah. Well, that's so... So are you. You don't have to lump me in with you. Well, nobody asked. You nobody asked what? that. You thought nobody. Carol Burnett was dead. <laughs> Shh. Take Okay, but people can still. Yeah, so Vivian, but what was great about Vivian and Ethel, Lucy Mm -hmm. and Ethel, was that that was really one of the first times that you saw an on-screen female relationship Mm -hmm. that wasn't adversarial, which was fun because Mm -hmm. they were friends and they loved each other and they were very, very funny together. They had 400 people in the audience. Is that a lot or a little? I think that's a lot. Don't you think that's a lot? It seems like it. I just wasn't sure what you thought. (laughs) And they did 44 episodes a year. Is that crazy? That sounds like a living hell. It does. I mean, then she had a baby. Well, she did that she had two babies. Yeah. 44 episodes a year. That's a busy person. That is a very busy, both of them, very busy. I mean, I have two podcasts. I have two kids. <laughs> and you're exhausted. You're like, oh, I have to go watch a documentary. How am I going to yeah, stay that's awake? that's the only thing I do. <laughs> um, oh, well, this was interesting. What? Lucy got tied up in the Red Scare of the 50s. Oh, yes. That was strange. As it came to light that she had registered as a communist in the 30s, out of allegiance to her grandfather, which she did register mm-hmm. a communist, but she wasn't a communist. And then Desi invited the press to their house mm-hmm. and had a sitcom taping famously saying, the only thing read about her is her hair. Mm-hmm. And then he said something like, and even that isn't real or something, something alluding to the fact that her hair wasn't really that color. Was dyed. That's right. Was dyed. And so at one point, Lucy and Desi founded their own studio, Desi Lou. Yeah. And Lucille Ball is the reason Star Trek even got on the air. Yeah, because it was a Desi Lou production. Right. And right. Lucy loved that there were so many productions on their studio. And mm-hmm. and then Desi felt like they either had he either had to quit or get bigger. Mm-hmm. Like he was not okay with just doing things just to keep on doing things the way they're doing it. And he would say, he said that he was a, you know, if he drank, he drank too much. If he worked, he worked too much. If he gambled, he gambled too much. Keep going. <laughs> if he if he went boating, he boated too much. <laughs> um, then at some point they got divorced. Yeah. And in many ways, Lucy and Desi got better together get along better after their divorce Mm -hmm. and then they went on like you said to produce 
Star Trek, Mission Impossible, Andy Griffith, things like that. And then Lucy, why am I yelling? Um, I don't know. Married a guy named Gary Morton. Whoever he is. I know. I was like, I've <laughs> never, never heard, heard of the guy. <laughs> I, and I felt badly because I'm like, I should have known. The famous couple, Gary and Lucy. <laughs> and um, and then Desi married another redhead. Uh-huh. That was oh interesting. Didn't you find that uh, interesting? I found it really um, interesting. Edie Hirsch. And then how are you the redhead? I mean, you'd have to be I very know. confident and be like, are you sure you're into me? It's not... <laughs> Or did she dye her hair red for him? Oh. Yeah. There's no way to know. There's no way to know. But that would be, I mean, both of those ideas are interesting. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, Lucy launched the Lucy show where she portrayed a single mother. Yeah. And Vivian was also on the Lucy show. And she was. Did a, you ever see that? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Did you ever see it? Mm-hmm. Was, didn't she work at a bank with Mr. Mooney? I can't remember. <laughs> Wasn't it Mr. Mooney was her boss? Am I crazy? I can't remember, but I just remember there was a point when Lucy was no longer on I Love Lucy, and it was just such a difference in the way she looked. Yeah. And with the, the vibe. The up, the like, the, yeah, the hair was, just was different. a different you were like, vibe. You were like, yeah. oh, it took a minute. It took a minute to get used to. Yeah. 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 It's like when Happy Days had spinoffs and stuff. Yeah. And, and Laverne like, and Shirley, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on a second, everyone. Let me sort this out. Joni loves Chachi. Hold mm. on. Did that ever take off? It's still running today. <laughs> Big hit. Um, Lucy became a mentor for Carol Burnett and Bette Midler. And I love that when Carol Burnett got her show, she had Lucy on. And just watching those two together was like... Oh my god. It's pretty What was it good? <laughs> Can you imagine if you were sitting in the audience and you saw a Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball like doing sketches together? Would it would it get any better than that? No. And then Bette Midler and then moseys Bette Midler. on up. And then Bette Midler. It's again hard to imagine that like Bette Midler is the youngster here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But one of the things that I thought was really fascinating about um, this story is that mm-hmm. at some point, Desi was working on Lucy's show. And mm-hmm. he always made it better. He was great with the script. He worked so hard, but he had a drinking issue. And at some yeah. point, he couldn't do it anymore. And at some mm-hmm. point, he couldn't work for Desi Lu. And Lucille took over the company, mm-hmm. which was great to see. I mean, yeah. wasn't it amazing to see her sitting at that table with all men and yeah. she's like boss lady. Telling everyone what's up. Yeah, I loved it so much. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, I know it's obvious, but it, it's so crazy to hear you say he could no longer do it anymore. Yeah. Meaning he could not run the company anymore or work, right? Yeah. And then... Where it should be is he could no longer do it anymore, meaning drink like that. Well, right. I mean, yeah. yeah. It definitely sounds like he had an addiction problem. And boating. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of anyone being addicted to boating, but it's... It, I love to he, boat. <laughs> I do. Um, I've gone boating with Mr. Thomas. Oh, that's very sweet. Did you wear yeah. your cowboy boots? hey <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Is that your Lyle Love It? I'm just doing sound effects. Okay. 
at one point, Lucy sold her company, right? Mm-hmm. Which was amazing. I mean, she just, she did everything. Yeah. And she she was a force. Desi died of um, cancer. Why do I feel like it was lung cancer, but it doesn't say in here. It was. And before he died, she called him mm-hmm. and just said, I love you, I love you, I love you. And he said, I love you. And then five days later, um, Lucy was honored at the Kennedy Center Awards. Lucy died three years later at the age of 77. So Desi, somebody had asked Desi what the secret was to the success of I Love Lucy. And and he wrote a long letter saying it was 90% Lucille Ball and 10% everybody else. And he also said in the letter, I Love Lucy was never just the title. God. So Mm -hmm. it was a very sweet, complicated relationship. Yeah. But lifelong. Yeah. It's like ours. (laughs) It's it's exactly like ours. Um, Tig, are you ready for our final thoughts? I am. Okay, it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did. You did. I did. When did you cry? I cried at the um, the line that you just said. Oh. I mean, I wasn't openly weeping. Yeah. But I was like, oh. Oh, I know. Oh. It was beautifully, I don't know. It was just really touching. No, there were a few moments where I didn't, like a tear did not fall down from my eyeball. Well, you're... I'm a cold-hearted. You got a heart of stone. <laughs> but when he was singing, you know, on the show and he was, say, singing to somebody who was pregnant and then he stopped at her table and she hugged him and, I don't know, it was so sweet. It was just, mm-hmm. it was just very sweet. And then when she was at the the Kennedy Center being um, honored and everybody mm-hmm. stood up for her mm-hmm. to applaud her and she just... You could just tell it meant so much to her. Everything about it was very beautiful. Yeah. Who were you attracted to, Desi Arnaz? I said it first, so who were you attracted to? You know, look, Lucy in the younger days. She was very cute. Yeah. Don't don't say in the the whole, her whole life. I mean, they were both well, very handsome. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I thought. No, that, look, that was only with the Bee Gees. We were allowed to go back in time. I I like an older than me person from time to time. Lucy, I just had a hankering for in her younger years. (laughs) But they were both attractive people. They were both very attractive people. Yeah. Okay. That is it for this week's episode. Mm -hmm. Next week, we will be talking about The Donut King, which you can watch on Hulu. Oh, but before we go, Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas says he has a surprise for us. I don't know what that I means. Know. What does this I mean? I don't either. I'm a little nervous, but I'm a little excited. Me too. But okay, let's see it. Let's hear I it. I hope he's pregnant. Happy birthday to you. <gasps> You're paying this for that. This is my episode of Friends. There's nothing in here. Who took Tick, our food? this is my episode of Friends. Can I just you friends. with a slice of lasagna or a drumstick? No, thanks. Are you sure? It's <gasps> on the house. No, thanks. How about going out with me Friday night? No, thanks. Eh, what are you going to do? 
it to Mr. Thomas. Good work, Thomas. That was the only time I have ever seen that. Uh, we heard you the first three times. I mean, I am shocked. Excellent performance. Thank- no thanks. No thanks. No thanks. What I had four lines of no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I auditioned for Friends probably three times before I got that part. Wow. Fascinating. <gasps> well, oh. and I have to be honest about something. Oh, you didn't like I, the performance. No, I did. Okay, I thought it was great. You. I just thought when Thomas was like, oh, we have a surprise for you, and he opened the computer and happy birthday started yeah. going, I was like, is this something about my birthday? Because I didn't know it was Friends. I was like, what is this? Because <laughs> my birthday is in a few coming, days. but it's not about, today wasn't about you. March 24th, this is probably going to air after my birthday. Yeah. So it was about you being on Friends and not about me turning 51. (laughs) Uh, Thomas, I love that. Thank you for finding that. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I guess that that should, that need, we need to wrap it. Well, should we also demand that Thomas have a surprise for us every week? Because that was really (laughs) fun. That was it exhilarating yeah yes thomas from now on please have a surprise for us yeah okay chick anything to promote let's just okay well my album release party Mm. it's gonna be a big bash Mm. may 14th in los angeles at the ace theater and i'm gonna have a very special guest and it's not Cheryl. Oh. But Cheryl will be there. And Mr. Thomas will be there, whether they like it I'm or looking not. At May schedule. 14th, the Ace Theater in Los okay. Angeles. That's exciting. Album release party. That is it. So what happens at this? You'll have oh. to come and see. <laughs> wear your party dress. Wear a party hat. What if I came in my uh, showgirl feathers? Do what you got to do. Just get to the Ace Theater in Los Angeles, May 14th. Album release party, special guest, party. Okay. Tig and I have something to announce. Uh, I am in season two of The Flight Attendant, and it comes out on April 21st. I thought you said Tig and I have something to announce. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Right, Tig, right? Yeah, that's right. Cheryl will be on the flight attendant on (laughs) April 21st. Although I'm not sure. That's our big announcement. I'm not sure I'm in episode one. So if you watch episode one, you're like, she's not in this. Just watch the show anyway. Just watch the whole show. You're going to love it. It's so fun. It's exciting. Okay. Uh, All right, Tig. All right, Cheryl. Should we do it again? Yes. Let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willett. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at tigandcherylTrueStory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.